Nick, how's it going? Hi, Martin. Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yes, very good, very good. How's your summer been? Well, since March. Well, it's been, been an interesting time. time. Yeah, we. Uh, I just listened to the old uh, our last recording, yeah. and it was on. Was it the eleventh of March? Yeah, I, so yeah, was, something like that. That was two weeks, wasn't it, before lockdown? Yeah, and everything changed. <laughs> I know. Everything changed, indeed. Yeah, but there's so many, so many good intentions. Um, yeah, I remember we were talking about health stuff and alcohol free and all that kind of kind of thing. That kind of went out the window for me. What about you? Well, yeah, I've, I stayed vegan until about three or four weeks ago, actually. Wow, that's so good. did all right with that. Um, but the alcohol only no alcohol only lasted two weeks into lockdown. Yeah, yeah, I didn't last long either. I can't remember what it was, but it was some time <laughs> in April, I think. Yeah. Although yeah. with um, with impending lockdown coming, I decided it would be a good time to stop drinking again. So I um, I stopped drinking about three weeks ago, I think. Did you? So and you're I, on the on the I'm on the no alcohol train again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Uh, although I lapsed on the day that Biden was announced as uh, president-elect, so I thought I'd celebrate that. <laughs> that sounds like a good. I idea. was waiting for four days for him to be announced so I could uh, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. Yeah. Good, it came on a Saturday. It was Saturday, wasn't it? I think. Was uh, yes, I think it was. Yeah, Saturday, yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that's that's handy. Yeah, Saturday so night's a drinking good. night. Um, but yeah, the vegan thing. I yeah, it lasted all right, but then. I found I was just eating toast basically and lots of cereal yeah. with oat milk yeah. because I'm no good at cooking. Sophie's a really good cook, so she would cook a lovely evening meal. But then around that, I would just be eating lots of toast so and lots of cereal, so lots of carbs. Yeah. Um, and healthy. No, and I was missing eggs and prawns basically. Eggs and prawns? <laughs> Oddly, well, yeah. Eggs, eggs I can understand, but I'm not so sure about prawns. And it was actually Isabel's doctor that I blame for, for me planting the first seed of thought of given up uh so we went for one of isabel's just uh three monthly checkup things yeah. and we were talking about being vegan and so on and he said oh his family is mostly vegan apart from a little bit of fish and they eat like one or two eggs a week just to get some vitamin b right and i know that vitamin i think it's b12 is the one thing that vegans and vegetarians find it hard to get yeah especially vegans um and so it just planted that little thought in my mind i was like oh i do miss eggs maybe just one or two eggs a, uh, a week would be good so i think Slippery probably slope begins. yeah the next day went and uh went and had scrambled eggs on toast and it was lovely um then a few days later i'd like a prawn curry and then a week later i think i was having a bacon sandwich and then <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I, haven't, I haven't had yet is steak um but yeah every other type of meat i've eaten at some point but yeah yeah i i lasted quite a good while good while on the uh on the vegan thing and then we went on holiday in august just to Wales. Um, but I kind of thought, do you know, I'm going to just eat what I want, really. I'm not going to worry about it too much. And uh, and so, yeah, it went out the window then. But I'm still part-time vegan, I think. Well, that's the same as me. So, so still obviously does most even meals. And so, unless <clears throat> we get takeaway. Um, and so, most of the evening meals are all vegan. Um, yeah. So, yeah, still eating. Healthy balance. Healthy, yeah, healthy balance. balance, that's right, yeah. And now the two <laughs> things going vegan or giving up alcohol i say giving up alcohol definitely has the most makes the most difference to me in yeah, terms of I, not having hangovers in the morning and so yeah, on i totally agree that's that's the same as i found the like the change to reduce the alcohol or re- remove alcohol was by far the better change of the two i'm not going to do it again anytime soon but <laughs> well stopping alcohol yeah i mean 
I don't know. I quite I don't drink very much anyway, to be honest. I only drink at the weekend, so like a Friday or a Saturday, or both sometimes. <laughs> um, so I have cut down on what I used to do, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine not doing it for the time being. Not for this uh, four week lockdown, anyway. <laughs> no, definitely not for this four week lockdown. No. So how was your lockdown anyway? Did you? Uh, I mean, what? Well, everything. There's so much to talk about, isn't there? There's business. How it affects the business. How it affects personally. I mean, yeah. I found. I yeah. found it. I mean, it was the working pattern was fairly normal, except I had Lois and Silvana around more often. I mean, Lois obviously not at school, so she was around every day, which was a bit odd, but we got used to it and quite enjoyed that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, how did you how did you get on? It was stressful. Yeah, I guess your daughter's a bit older than our kids, aren't they? Yeah, isn't she? Yeah. So perhaps she was a bit more self. Uh, able to look after herself and get yeah, on with her work and stuff, I guess. She's very self-sufficient, yeah. Self-sufficient, that's what I was it. looking for, yeah. So from, from my point of view, yeah, I guess I stopped going into the co-working space, which I was doing most days. Yeah. Um, so it was, the idea was, you know, work from home. But then we had all three kids at home. Isabel was trying to do online classes. And because Sophie's a teacher at the same school, she was trying to do online teaching as well. So, yeah, it was pretty stressful, I'll be honest. Um and so we were glad when like Easter holidays came along and <laughs> there were no yeah. online lessons and so on. And yeah. Um, and then when the school reopened a bit and Isabel's year was one of the years that it reopened for, it was a big relief. Yeah, um, but it was. But it's interesting. Obviously, Sophie being a teacher, she found it hard doing the online lessons with Isabel. Um right. in terms of getting Isabel to concentrate and so on. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine what it was like for, for other people who perhaps haven't, who, you know, haven't got that teaching experience and so on. It must be just yeah. well, even harder, but yeah, yeah I, it's I hard agree. for everyone. We were lucky that Lois is very self-sufficient and the school put on loads of um, online learning stuff, which was, which was great. Um, so we didn't really have to do that homeschooling, you know, um, helping out from time to time and that sort of thing as you would with home, homework, no, no, sorry, as you would with homework normally. So there's a bit, bit more of that but uh yeah she got on with it herself so that wasn't too bad but there was continually a sort of underlying stress there i mean before we went into to lockdown you know we were talking about it a bit and thinking about what might happen not not worrying too much but thinking you know well we might have to stay at home more and, and really underestimating the impact of it and then as soon as we went into lockdown of course for my business it had quite a big effect because if the schools were all closed there are no breakfast or after school clubs running, yeah. um, which was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, so there were some clubs still open for uh, key workers and key workers' children and the vulnerable children. Um, but most of them were closed or, you know, even if they were open for, for key workers, it was very, very small numbers. So, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a bit of a nightmare. I, over the course of the summer, lost a few customers luckily not too many one one of the things i did early on was um was just as soon as we got we got locked down i mean to be honest there was a lot of hand wringing for a couple of weeks i think when it was announced um because i just didn't know what to do you know should i still charge customers should i give them it for free but if i do that i can't afford to pay the bills you know um a lot of to and froing, and in the end i decided i'd give them just a big discount so they'd pay something which would cover the costs um and uh yeah and uh and that worked out well in the end that we lost a few customers mainly because they closed down um but uh, we managed to keep going over the summer but yeah it was 
you know, probably two weeks of not doing any work apart from thinking about this for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of revenue percentage dip did you see from those actions um, you took? Let me think. It was about two thirds. Right. Dip. Okay. Um, so yes, yeah, so we were getting about a third of the revenue we were before, which, I mean, I had, I had, um, the support person I had on contract, she was doing like sort of five hours a day support at that point. And I unfortunately had to let her go at that point, uh, which was pretty horrible. I mean, she was, she was very understanding, you know, um, but it was still pretty grim to have to do it, uh, just so that I could keep the, keep on top of the bills. And then, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately she's now back on again. So I got in touch with her in September sort of time and she started back in October. So that's, that's a good news story, I suppose, from it, but, uh, yeah, it's still not nice. And how things picked up since I guess schools have been back and holiday clubs have been allowed to reopen and so on. Well, the first sign of sort of recovery, if you like, was when the government said that holiday clubs could run. Um, so a lot of, I mean, most of our customers are probably breakfast and after school club thinking about it, but there were quite a few running holiday clubs. The problem was that although they were allowed to open, there were all these rules around bubbling and, um, and that sort of thing. So some of the clubs just decided not to open mm. over the summer. And those that did, they had all this bubbling to account for where they had to have, you know, the, the sort of basic rule was that um, children that attended would um because let me just step back a second with holiday clubs you get some children that attend all week you get some children that attend on just one or two days a week you know it's really varied and the idea of the bubbling was that you had to somehow if if a child attended on monday and wednesday you had to try and bubble them with other children that attended on mondays and wednesdays you know so um it's quite complex for them so we had to do quite a bit of work in the app to to help out with that sort of thing um so again, that created a quite a bit more work, a bit of stress sort of uh, in sort of July sort of time, June, July. But we got that done and revenue did pick up a bit in July. The problem there really was that I then started to think about, well, we're giving this massive discount for everyone because nobody was running effectively. But now some people are running. So what do we do about them and how do we work out the pricing? So again, it, it was another loop back to what do we do about pricing for those people that are running compared to those people that aren't running and so yeah I had to rethink that and come up with a new idea for that so that was another bit of stress yeah I mean, it just seems to be like a roller coaster throughout the whole of lockdown of um oh things are things are not too bad and then things are really bad working out what to do about it and then things are not so bad again oh actually that does cause problems working out what to do about it you know and that seems to have been the loop all the way through yeah yeah it's crazy i guess uh <clears throat> It's worth well. What's uh, what were your revenues? Are they kind of back up to where they were, or what, what so percentage now, dip are you now compared to yeah. March last podcast? I guess. <laughs> so over over the holiday period, they picked up a bit because, as I said, these. What I did was I said, if you weren't running at all, then you still get the big discount. If you are running, you have to pay something. You know, for based on because the pricing is based on the number of children that are booked in per day. So that basically kicked back in, but still with a discount. Um, for them and then now when kids went back to school in September um, most of the clubs were back up and running again now a lot of them are much lower in numbers because obviously lots of parents are working from home now some are furloughed um, so they don't need the childcare effectively so they're not sending their kids into the clubs so 
basically the pricing now is back to effectively what it was before. Um, but that hasn't increased the revenue to what it was before because there are a lot of clubs still that are at such low numbers um, that they're still getting sort of a low price to, to keep them ticking over basically so they don't have a massive bill from us, mm. you know, um, on top of their their other outgoings because they've all got to pay for PPE and stuff like that as well. So trying to be as flexible as we can. Um, so no, it's not back to normal yet and I can't imagine it will be back up until um, – well, certainly not until the beginning of next year, and who knows? Maybe this vaccine will help, and people mm. will be back into work, and kids back into care, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, not not quite yet. So it's kind of the lost year this year, I think. <laughs> oh, it's that way for a lot of people, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't complain. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm moaning about it because there are lots of people far worse off than than me. Um, but yeah, it's been tricky. I think. Uh, well, just before talking more about work and stuff. There were some uh, some nice things about being all together and being in lockdown. I don't know if you this is like casting our mind back, isn't it? It feels like ages it ago is. back in the start of March. But yeah, I don't know if you remember the, the as soon as it went into lockdown, the weather changed, didn't it? And yeah, it just we had some glorious sunny days. Um, and it was, that was a really nice <clears> summer. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even summer, was it? It was just late spring, really. But it was really nice. Yeah, and that made a massive difference to us because obviously I got the trampoline back out of the garage, right. and we probably wouldn't usually put that up until like late April. But just toward the end end of March, from as soon as we went into lockdown, I was like, right, I'm getting a bloody trampoline out. Kids <laughs> <Get the kids laughs> on that for five hours a day, and that'll burn off some energy. Yeah, and uh, we we got shielding letters for Isabel and Charlie. Oh, right, of course. Um, straight away because. They, they were uh, start people didn't really know you know which groups of um ages and so on were going to be bad so badly affected by this did they um and so yeah i think they were overly cautious which was the right thing to do but it meant that we weren't you know we, we couldn't go shopping or anything like that so we had to try and get the online order in from the supermarkets right yeah um, and that was a nightmare as that well, was a nightmare yeah trying to get onto that um we weren't even supposed to leave the house as in go outside but we got into a nice routine where we would get up i think we went for a walk before breakfast so before anybody was even out and that was just a walk around the housing development you know and that would take about 45 minutes or so yeah. but it's nice to get out for an early morning walk with the kids and stuff and then get down get home have breakfast we got into a nice little routine um and we did kind of keep saying to the kids you know and we did spend some good quality time together as well and said uh you know Although this is difficult now, we'll look back on this uh, perhaps with fond memories at a later yeah. date of the, the chance that we did get to spend some time together. Um, yeah, absolutely. And Trolls World Tour came out on a uh, released on the streaming services. <laughs> <Don't> know, perhaps <laughs> okay. that didn't affect you quite so much, but uh, no, not it was really. supposed to come out of the cinema, but thankfully whoever uh, was distributing the film decided to put it straight onto to streaming services. And Frozen 2 as well, I think. I know that was at the cinema. Yeah, but that came out as well during lockdown as well so that kept our kids entertained for a number of weeks at least um, great no that's that's handy yeah that was good <laughs> there's some things like that did happen that were good yeah i mean we 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 did the whole family thing as well we decided to take run take up running so silvana had been running a bit but not that much um and lois hadn't really been into running at all so we did the couch to 5k with all three of us mm. um to get lois really into the running and then that went really well we used to go three four times a week we'd go out for a family run which was quite nice um there's a bit of moaning from lois from time to time but uh, <laughs> uh 
but it went it went okay and it was good that was that sort of thing it was really nice doing stuff together as a family um which you just don't get time to do mainly because people are at work or at school you know um so that was that was really good and in the end of it actually um the the PE department at Lois's school did a sort of a, a challenge um you know you could choose whichever sport you wanted to do um but just you ch- chose your own challenge that you'd do and Lois did a 10k run yeah, that's good so she finished off the finished off the we did the catch the 5k and then put that behind us and then we used to go for a 5k run three four times a week and then we built it up and eventually she did a 10k run so she was very proud of herself yeah i bet yeah we carried carried that on as a not family. so much <laughs> not so much Silvana and i go out two or three times a week um and lois comes occasionally but now she's back at school it's a bit more difficult because she does pee and stuff at school and um She's not very keen about coming out on runs very often, but she will do from time to time. We did a thing just recently, actually, a few weeks ago, um, 5K every day for 10 days. So Sylvana and I did that, and uh, Lois did six of them. Right. So, so it's not bad. That's good going. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're right. The, those sorts of things were, were really nice about lockdown. And I can't remember. Well, you were allowed out for straight from the get-go, you were allowed out to exercise, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so I did go out on my bike by myself. Um, at the start, I was going out nearly every day just for an hour um, with the odd day day break. I did that for about four weeks, I think. But then, yeah, that, that. I think then they opened the golf courses. I can't remember exactly the time spans, but as yeah. soon as the golf courses were open, open again, I kind of started playing golf, so the cycling stopped, but I did get out and play lots of golf. Um, yeah. Again, because the weather was nice, that was really good to do. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, a shame that uh, this lockdown, this four week lockdown we're in now, um, they've they've closed the golf courses. When you think for a yeah. couple of the sports that they could keep going, and and based on the fact that it's lots of generally older people that play golf, and they don't get as much opportunity to perhaps get out and do things and so on, you know, golf would be a good thing to keep going for people's mental health and fitness and so yeah, on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. There's lots of things like that. Although it seems this lockdown is very different to last time. There's I mean, I go out for a walk every day just to get out of the house, um, which I think you're allowed to do. <laughs> I'm not even sure anymore about what the what the exact rules are, but uh, I get out for a walk every day. And there are so many more cars on the road, so many more people about than last lockdown. It doesn't really feel the same at all. Mm. Um, and the weather's miserable as well. So maybe that's why people are in the cars a bit more. There's less walking. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very different. It is. Yep. So how does your how has work for you then over the uh, the lockdown in the summer? Well, it was an interesting time <laughs> as it was for yeah. everything anyway, ne- never mind just work. And so last podcast I was talking about uh positioning of sanity check and yeah. separating it off to a sep- some functionality off to a separate product and I didn't say what that functionality was or what that product was going to be and so on. Um and so the bits and pieces that I looked at that I was going to take out to a separate product was the testing functionality. Yeah. And so this is being able to tell whether the changes you made made to your website have affected your SEO kind of organic rankings and clicks from Google in a positive or negative way. Um, and I, because I'd done some research and I found that the kind of best paying customers for Sanity Check were agencies, and they were using it for SEO testing basically. Um, and so I, I was kind of thinking, well, <clears throat> I want to get more agencies on board if they're just using it mostly for SEO testing. You know, let's take that and position the tool around that. Um, and I spoke to Asia Matos, um, 
I think in January time. I don't think I mentioned this on the last podcast. Okay. And she sees she does lots of SaaS marketing stuff and some positioning stuff as well. She offers free thirty minute consultations, or she did at the time anyway. And so I took right. her up on one of those. Um and it was interesting, I was talking about the thoughts of doing this. I hadn't hundred percent committed it to it at the time. And she she kind of thought it was a good idea without obviously, you know, trying to push me in one direction. But the thing she said that was interesting was um that doing this would position me away from the competitors. And so there are so many SEO tools around that do, you know, keyword ideas and reports and things like that. And I was always conscious that I'm competing with these much bigger companies that have, you know, huge teams and big budgets mm. and so on. But no one really has been doing any anything around SEO testing or it's a lot smaller, you know, kind of pool of competition. And so by focusing on this and positioning the product around that, I'd be positioning myself away from, you know, the bigger group of tools and to be more specialized. And so that kind of cemented it in my mind. That it was a good idea to do. And so I was going to just keep it called sanity check and just change, you know, the marketing pages and landing pages. But checking on domain names and stuff like that, I found out that seotesting.com was available for sale. So it had been registered and someone just added a landing page up saying, you know, get in touch if you want to buy this domain name type thing. And so the chap I uh, ended up going back and forth on email with, he he's a domain name investor, but he was quite realistic about it. And I think he wanted to see something done interesting with the domain as much as anything. So we kind of met in the middle in terms of what I first offered and what he wanted came to a reasonable deal on it. Um, cool. So that was good. So I bought a domain name, seotesting.com. Then it's a good just, domain name. Yeah, nothing, if nothing else from this exercise, I've ended up with quite a reasonably good domain name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the thought then was, well, I'll just migrate everything over to that new domain name, you know, same application and so on. Again, just reposition the, the marketing slightly. But it's been, it was 2016, I think, November, when I first started writing the code for San, what became Sanity Check. Yeah. And an awful lot has changed since then, just within Google Search Console, in terms of there's now 16 months worth of data available rather than just three months, which was one of the aims of the tool initially was just to archive data. Now, that became a bit of a headache in the end because I've been archiving data for these massive websites for four years, and the databases end up growing quite large. Um, right. And hardly anybody looked at that back catalog of data. So when I was thinking about whether to just migrate over from one domain to the other, I was like, well, if I was to restart again and rebuild the product from scratch, what would I do differently? And I definitely wouldn't archive data because the data that's available within Search Console 16 months is more than enough for 99% of people. Yeah. And so based on that thought, taking away the data storage headaches, I was like, well... I have this opportunity. I know this is against all conventional wisdom of software development and so on. You know, they say you should never start version two from scratch again. But I was like, nah, sod it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, I need a challenge. Need a challenge, yeah, nothing else to do. This was before lockdown. So this was when I was supposed to be taking those three months off, if you remember. Yes, um, yeah. the I plan remember. was to take January, February, March off. And so I think I took six weeks off, ended most of that time looking after sick children. Which, does, <laughs> on reflection, could have been early coronavirus. We don't know. Um, right. And so, yeah, started from scratch. Um, no archiving of data. Um, so everything runs off the Search Console API now, or the reports do. The only data we store is off the main dashboard and then for what tests are running. 
um, and a bit of keyword data. Um, so I guess I started building that around mid-February. And so just typically it came to the start of April when I was ready to launch and we'd obviously just gone into lockdown. <laughs> yeah. And um, all businesses were closing either temporarily or permanently or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is a terrible time to launch a new product. Funnily enough, as when I came to launch Sanity Check and Isabella had just been diagnosed with leukemia. So oh, I God. T- pick launch times for products terribly. So <laughs> just bear that in mind if you ever work on a project with me. It's, uh, you should probably pick the launch time. Don't ask me. Um, so I decided to launch it for free, basically, in April. Um, right. And did it quietly. Um, so it wasn't a launch where I wanted to migrate all Sanity Check customers over yet because it wasn't kind of, you know, on parity in terms of functionality. Um, so I launched it just as a free kind of beta on Twitter, I think, and LinkedIn and so on. And so people started signing up, started uh, using it. Um, and then on reflection, that was a good good thing because, like I say, it did have a few issues. As always, when you... <laughs> And this is probably why they say don't start from scratch with V2. You know, there were f- uh, issues and things like that and b- bugs to pick up on. And it yeah. took longer to build out and migrate features across because of the different way that I was accessing data and so on. Um, so it definitely took longer to get the products to where it was at a point where I could start charging for it. So, you know, launching as a free beta and lockdown happening and stuff wasn't such a bad thing, I don't think. Good. Um, so did you, did you get a lot of customers that way with it being free? Was it kind of like a freemium type thing in the end? Yeah, so it got it certainly got shared and got some got lots of trial users from that because you know people like free products, don't they? And people just like yeah. trying out new stuff, and so it did certainly help. And I remember doing that with Sanity Check as well back in the day, um, yeah. again because it was just built as a free like a tool for myself to start with. And I told some people on Facebook about it, and it was free, and then it got shared around SEO communities and so on. Yeah. Um, and then when I, as I say, when I was going to turn on charging for that, that was when Isabel was diagnosed with leukemia, so that put that all back. Um, yeah. But so yeah, it, it definitely got got users. Um, I'd always, I think, I'd always do that in future. You know, release a beta free yeah. thing to get some traction. Did a lot of feedback. them convert into paid or? So yeah, so I turned on charging in July, which is when yeah. I think when things started going back to normal in terms of like lockdown um, being eased and so on, people perhaps going back to work. Um, and so yeah, some some did convert straight away. You know, on the on the the day, um, I think I said. Yeah, I kind of said like, you know, charging's on now. You've got four, a two-week trial period left to use it if you want to. I think I even did actually include a free plan at that time. So I said for one site, it's still going to remain free. You know, for multiple sites, these are the plans that are available. Um, and I think a month later, I changed that and I said, look, the free plan is going away now. You've got two weeks left. Um, so if you want to use just a single site, this is the new plan that's available for you. Um, I didn't get any pushback from that, which I thought I might you get didn't. one or I was two. Ask about that. Yeah. yeah, I thought I might get one or two emails from people saying, "Oh, you said this plan was going to be free," but um, no, I think most people are reasonable and understand that businesses have costs and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you can support a freemium plan, that's nice. But as a bootstrap business, we all know that's something that's difficult to do, don't we? So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I started charging in July. Um, I told Sanity Check customers in August. So I guess what I was cautious about was releasing seotesting.com as free in April. Although it wasn't up to scratch and to the same level as Sanity Check, I didn't want to lose a bunch of paying Sanity Check customers to mm. a free the free product. So I didn't 
And this, I don't know whether you could question that decision and whether that was the right thing to do or not. But I guess, yeah, from from a revenue point of view, I didn't want like half the revenue to suddenly disappear because a bunch of sanity check customers have gone over to SEOtesting.com. Um, and like I say, it wasn't it wasn't the same product at the time. But when I got around to August, it was actually better than Sanity Check um, in terms of it had new features, new functionality. Um, it was quicker in terms of the way it was working and rendering reports and so on as, as well. So it felt like the right time to tell Sanity Check customers then. So, you know, this is here. Um, you can migrate across. I'll migrate the data for you. For a lot of people, it's actually cheaper as well, which is good. Right. Um, yeah. Because we're not archiving data now, we've, I've been able to change the pricing plans a lot different to make them a lot different. So for agencies and multi-site users, it's a lot, lot cheaper. So um there's been some people who've migrated over who've gone from a single site to multi-site licensing or subscription oh, right. because it's that's cheaper good. yeah so that's yeah. good so they've increased revenue there a bit but then there's some single site users who were paying 70 dollars a month but now the price for a single site is only 19 dollars a month so I've, the revenue's gone down a bit there but um <clears throat> i think overall in terms of how where things are um so the revenue is about the same as where it was in march um yeah. before coronavirus stuff all kicked off so that's pretty good for this year i think yeah so when as soon as coronavirus all kicked off and lockdown all happened like sanity check did have uh like about probably 10 percent of cancellations i think so a lot of those were agencies whose clients ended up you know saying oh, i can't work with you as an agency anymore so the agencies were canceling those plans because the clients were going away Right. Um, so yeah, from a from a perspective of a new tool coming on, the, the revenue from both tools now equals you know where we were in March. So quite happy with that. Mm. Um, yeah, considering you've built a new product and all the rest of it, you know, all the time that takes, it sounds like a, a good result, really, where you are at the moment. Yeah, and I think the the kind of the averaging of revenue per customer is going up because more agencies and more multi site users are using SEOtesting.com, which is what the That's aim good. was. Um, I need to double check on the conversion rates and things like that, but uh, but yeah, so quite happy with how it's going at the moment. Just need to uh, to push on now, I think. Yeah. So, what's the plan for Sanity Check then? Is that going to eventually move everybody over? So, I've sent out a couple of emails to people, probably more than a couple, actually saying, you know, this is SEO testing. I can migrate you over. Um, these are the benefits of doing so. Um, I haven't gone through the numbers actually to find out how many have migrated over, but there's some people who haven't just haven't acknowledged the email or anything. So whether they're not yeah. not particularly fussed about it at the moment, I don't know. But I have said I'll support them on Sanity Check as the as a product as long as there's a single customer left on there. So um, right. it won't go away as a product until kind of everyone has left and gone, yeah. either gone somewhere else or gone to SEO testing. Hopefully, so sort of sort um, of a natural attrition type thing. Yeah, and so. As people are cancelling, so some people uh, I've got to go to this person actually. Drop them an email today, so they were on a large plan on sanity checks. They were paying sixty nine dollars a month just a single site, and they cancelled last last week. And so I just need to drop them an email and check and say, you know, have you had the, the emails about SEO testing because it's a lot cheaper for you now. You'll only be paying nineteen dollars a month rather than sixty nine. Um, so hopefully that might you know help them come back to the product. Yeah, uh, that'd be good. Yeah. I noticed yeah. over the summer you were do- doing a lot of, well, a relatively high number of tweets about articles and things that you've been doing. So you've been doing a lot of marketing. Yeah, well, a lot of that was just documentation as much as anything. So right. as 
part of yeah so some of the documentation existed on sanity checks some of it was migrating it over but then it was also creating a lot new a lot of new documentation a lot of kind of it works as both documentation and marketing material because it's targeting specific keywords and so on um so yeah i spent quirky it probably ended up being three or four weeks just just doing that so no new product features which was painful mm. um that's what i probably more enjoy spending my time on doing um yeah and then spent a week recording videos and walkthrough videos which was painful as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, i find that sort of stuff painful as well it's uh it's really tricky isn't it to get you to get motivated to do it is the biggest thing and then it takes so long it's just strange and i put this on twitter and some people came back and said they have the same thing but you know you, you do lots of product demos don't you and and i yeah. do them as well and you can just literally sit down and do a product demo on zoom and just you know do it quite easily and quite happily but there's something about the pressure of doing a video and recording mm-hmm. it once and potentially being seen by hundreds of people that puts the pressure on and makes you want to get it you can't correct yourself basically can you i guess if you miss say a word or miss you know yeah, make a little mistake you can't feel like you can re- correct yourself no um, so you feel like you have to have it perfect and professionally done. And so it takes about 50 takes to get a two-minute video done, or it does for yeah. me anyway. <laughs> no, it yeah. Is. yeah, it's exactly like that, exactly like that. Have you ever thought about getting, um, I don't know, like a professional voiceover or something? So you could do it, as long as you've got the video, you could then get somebody to do a proper voiceover for it. Yeah, I have, yeah. And I think um, if it gets to the point in revenue and stuff like that and can afford a bit more professional videos, I would do that, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think I'd do that if I had a, the money for it. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't recorded videos for ages. I need to redo. I mean, the videos that I've got are years out, out of date now. Um, yeah. So note to self to go and <laughs> revisit those at some point. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, pleased with how things are going. Um, a couple of a couple of nice things that happened as well. Um, one of the customers from Sanity Check that did, that cancelled because they're an agency and their clients left. Um, ben got in touch and said, um, "We've got spare time now, so I'm really sorry we've had to cancel. But you know, our clients have left, so we've got no use for the product per se, um, apart from our own use. Um, but I've got uh, designers and so on, and I'd like to help if you want. To, you know, make the product look a bit better." in terms of the application so and if you do so any areas of the application that you want to improve so um and he said that's you know there's no charge for this these guys we haven't got any work to do at the moment so these guys are just sat twiddling their thumbs um and so yeah i've been working with them since april on kind of making the internal application look better um around that's the amazing. around the constraints of the framework and the theme that i've chosen so um although it doesn't look dramatically different there's lots of little nuances and things that do look a lot better so yeah i was really you know could be thankful enough to get that offer of help and uh, to yeah, take them up on that. Incredible. Um, that's really, really good. Really good. So really good with that. Um, Ant Galvin, who is a listener to the podcast and prompts us every now and again on Twitter to do a new episode. Yep. So yep. Um, when I was doing the migration of customers or wanting to migrate customers over in August, I sent Ant an email because he's been a customer of Sanity Check for a long time. Um, I think as much just to keep on on in in touch with what's going on on the product and stuff because he likes to listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I sent a couple of people who I've had e- email conversations with and so on a draft of the email I was going to send out um, about the migration and why I'd built the new product and all this kind of stuff. And it ended up being, it was quite a long walkthrough of everything that we spoke about us on this podcast really about why archiving data was an issue and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, And that, <laughs> Ant kind of took it 
I wouldn't say ripped it apart, but it's a lot, it ended up being a lot, lot shorter <laughs> from about <laughs> a 30 minute read to be like a 20 second read of going, you know, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening within two or three sentences. And uh, this is why you should do it. And uh, so, yeah, thanks, Ant, for taking the time to help me out with that. And hope you're happy that this, skill, at least that. one episode is back as a podcast as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good skill, that, to be able to cut down all that into... Um, into, into a shorter email that people are actually going to read because you know you see a wall of text sometimes and you're just not interested are you to read that when you receive it yeah, yeah so there is yeah. a yeah there is the, a, the well there is the whole backstory of why the migration was done and maybe i'll write that but or why restart rebuilding the application from scratch was done and maybe i will publish that as a longer write-up at some point but yeah most people don't have the time or i at least from my for myself, I wouldn't have the attention span to read through that, so the, no. or at least the first thing I was going to plan plan to send out anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So, yeah, I certainly had some help from outside as well, getting things done, which has been good. And um, I am looking and getting someone involved to help out part time with marketing. Oh, um, great! So, yeah, do you know Avrid Khan? He does the bootstrapping, one of the bootstrapping podcasts. I can't remember what it's called now. I don't know it. No, I know the name, but I don't. I've, I don't listen to podcasts. Uh, the Bootstrap founder. Oh, okay, and I can't remember Added the product. My list. So, anyway, he was. He did an interesting pod, uh, episode about hiring and how he wished they hired quicker. Um, yeah. And he said the the kind of thing that most people, the trap most people fall into, is thinking they have to hire full time. Um, whereas in all reality, you could hire someone part time to start with. Um, and obviously you did that with your support person, didn't you? It wasn't yeah. Full-time yeah. starters. But again, with sales and marketing and stuff, I've kind of always thought, well, I don't have the budget for that, but for someone part-time, you know, one day a week or whatever. Yeah. Potentially all you need for marketing because you set up a load of ads and Google ads and so on, and then come back in a week later and check them. There's nothing to do every single day. Um, and what, would it, you do, what would you get them to do though? Because um, there's, you know, there's coming up with like a, a strategy or or whatever or is there just the day-to-day like you say checking on stats tweaking things that sort of stuff i think the strategy for b2b SaaS is quite understood isn't it in terms of in terms mm-hmm. of at least testing all kind of uh channels and finding the one that works um yeah. so i think there will certainly be that in terms of testing paid channels and configuring them or optimizing them to figure out which one is the best and then you know doubling down on it um, and write, sort of writing ads, writing yeah. articles, writing, writing copy, that sort of stuff. Yeah, get, you know, getting the images designed and sorted out and yeah. so on. Yeah. All of those things, which, you know, you can outsource and get, but it's just administration to get done, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, and it's a massive pain in the ass when you sit down to try and do this stuff. It can take ages. Yeah. The, the person who's going to get involved is uh, hopefully going to get involved is an SEO as well. So they can do link building um, yeah. they can create content around the tool as well, which will be really useful. Um, so where are you finding these people? So again, this is uh, what Avrid Khan said on the, the podcast. He, he kind of suggested looking within your customers to start with because um, okay. they use your product already. And so, yeah, Leslie, who I've been talking to about this, he's a customer. Um, so yeah, I reached out to him at the start of this week and we've been talking about it this week. So yeah. I guess it's quite handy having an SEO tool where your customers are already SEOs or marketers of some sort. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the first, first thought, I was like, well, that's not going to work. And I was like, well, actually, hold on. These people <laughs> do actually have all the skills that I you know, need to help grow the product. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's a part, oh, well, it's part-time to start with. I think we said we'll do a, a three-month trial. Yeah. Um, 
that sounds great yeah really interesting that sort of stuff so i'd be keen to know how that goes yeah so perhaps we should uh get get back to doing regular podcasting again <laughs> so, you know, yeah enough, we ended the last podcast didn't we say so, now we go oh let's uh, should we chat again next week <laughs> yeah oh yeah let's see how it goes <laughs> and here we are five months later. months later yeah yeah we should though it would be good good to catch up and keep up to date on that sort of stuff even if it is you know once a month or even you know however often we can do it yeah I don't know about weekly. I'm not sure my life is that interesting, especially lockdown no. and not not being able to do much. But my life is definitely not that interesting. The problem is when you say weekly. two weekly, it's easy to just skip a week, isn't it? And then as soon as you get out of the the schedule of doing it, or yeah, regular. I don't think knowing our track record, we should commit to a uh, certain time period at the moment. But just best <laughs> endeavors, so to speak. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anything else going on? Mm, nope, don't think so. That's uh, well, I've gone through all my notes and points I wanted to bring up and thought worthy yeah. of discussion. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the things I w- I suppose I've got in my notes that I haven't mentioned is that in amongst all the uh, ups and downs of the roller coaster of the last nine months, I've managed to get quite a few bits and bobs done. Uh, ages ago, we spoke about bottlenecks. I've done, a, I've mm. got quite a lot of those knocked on the head. Still a lot to go, but um, that feels good, you know, to have that time to. Uh, on occasion to spend some, a couple of days working on something just to get it done. You know, it, that's been, been nice about lockdown as well. Um, I did spend, I think probably like when it started and I'd got all the immediate issues over with, I probably spent two or three weeks floundering around probably more than that, actually just not doing anything useful really. Mm. <laughs> you know, things like housekeeping stuff, like update, updating this JavaScript framework or updating that PHP framework, you know, just really nonsense stuff that um, I suppose it was useful to do, but it, I just didn't have any motivation. But yeah, um, it's nice to get those things knocked on the head. And so now I feel if things do start to pick up again and when they start to pick up again, I'd be in a much better position. So that, that's always uh, a good feeling. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts about uh, building something new? Yeah, I've had a few thoughts about <laughs> building something new. I've tried to put them off for the time being. Um yeah, I, I've. I think I'd like to build something new at some point, but uh, it's not not right just yet. Uh, maybe, maybe I could take a couple of weeks off or something, and rather just just take a couple of weeks holiday, a couple of weeks building something new or a prototype for something new. Mm. Um, I might do that at some point, but uh, nothing. Yeah, not committed to anything or any ideas or anything. How about you? Have you? Uh, I mean, I know you've started something new, but any other shiny objects hanging around? Uh, well, I wouldn't say SEO testing is new, if that's what you're referring to. I think it's just like a continuation, I guess, of sanity check. Um, yeah. But I've been trying really to cut down on other commitments or other projects or other ideas and just focusing on that. Um, yeah. And I've certainly seen the benefit of doing that, of focusing on SEO testing rather than getting distracted by new things. But that's not to say I've not been registering the odd domain name here or there. An <laughs> idea I've had. They're always there just in case. Yeah. <laughs> just in case domain names, yeah. Yeah break glass in case of emergency <laughs> <laughs> cool all right well um glad to see you. things are going well yeah good to uh good to catch up like it's worth we've been catching up every, haven't we every like a few we weeks have, and yeah. stuff just to check in and see how we're doing but it's not really middle of lockdown it wasn't we didn't feel it was podcast worthy did we um no not at all not at all but well, uh, one interesting thing that's happened again from lockdown is uh the number of people that have been starting at podcasts and so one yeah. podcast I've been listening to is Cal Newport of um, Deep Work and 
digital minimalism and stuff. Yeah. And so he's a big, uh, uh, deep focus, sorry, his book, I think, or deep work. No, it's deep work. Anyway, he's a, he's a big proponent of focusing for like extended time blocks on, yeah. you know, work that gets you deeply involved in it and so on. And he's a big uh, proponent, again, using that word, of time blocking, funnily enough, which I know is, uh, you built that mobile app, didn't you, a little oh, a few course, years yeah. ago. <laughs> years ago, yeah, yeah. So he started a podcast, which is quite a few episodes in now, but it's really good. So I'd suggest, uh, highly recommend listening to that if you're at home working away and trying to get a bit more focus into your life. Yeah, um, this. And you might find Martin's app still on the App Store. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look, please. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably do really well if you re-released it now. I shouldn't give you this idea, but... Uh, yeah, I bet it doesn't work anymore. If uh, I bet if you looked on Google Trends, time blocking has uh, increased in search volume. Probably. Yeah, I bet it has. Yeah, <clears throat> trying to trying to get into that productivity from home. Yeah, cool, great. All right, well, um, yeah, let's try and catch up soon. Yeah, okay, nice one, mine. Cheers, next year. Yeah.